Welcome back and welcome to our storytelling conversation. My name is David Frainer and I'm here with Tina. And we call this segment the backstory in that we peek behind the storyteller's curtain, so to speak, to learn about the story behind the stories and the story behind the storyteller. And tonight we're talking with Tina. So Tina, the first thing I wanna to touch on with you is just how this experience was for you. You've done at least one other solo program that I saw and experienced. And it was not at all like this on Zoom. So this is a new approach for, approach for us and it's new for you. And I was wondering if you could just share with us a little bit about what this is like for you. Um, it's kind of hard. Uh, they're, they're very different experiences to tell live and tell on Zoom. Um, but for different reasons, they're difficult, I think, because I'm not really big on public speaking. So I kind of just do it to challenge myself a little bit, I guess. But um, this is really different because it's hard to tell without the people. You know, I, I guess everybody says that. You know, mm -hmm. I even watch professionals, right? You look at the nighttime shows and everybody have, has trouble without their audience because you don't get to see as much of what people are thinking or feeling, see if it's working, you know? Yes, it is a challenge. And as kind of related to this question, Tina, a word about how you chose these stories. Did you have a particular method or a particular approach to uh, putting the story set together? Well, I, I told a story at, uh, at the studio before and somebody asked me, you know, because I talk about being bored there and somebody asked me, that I uh, to tell a story about being bored there, but all the stories about there are being about boredom. So then I thought everybody is bored right now and trying to figure out what to do with themselves in their extra time or around their work time, which is exactly how our life was there. So I chose uh, these four stories. Uh, I actually I've told two of these before for True Tales, and two of them are new. So for anybody who's seen me tell them before, I thought I would give a couple new boring stories <laughs> to you guys. Well, very nicely done. Now, Tina, going all the way back to our PPM TV days, which now seemed like a long time ago, I have enjoyed your mid-east military stories. They're human, they're humane, they're funny. But working in a crucial area like communications during wartime isn't funny. It's not all sweetness and light. So I was wondering if you could share with us a little bit more about the nature of your work and your service, how it touched you as you think about it all these years later, and, and perhaps how it shaped your storytelling. Well, you know, I think anywhere I've ever deployed with, uh, you get really close to the people you deploy with. It, it, it's happened every time I've gone somewhere because you're kind of in the moment. You know, you live in the moment more than any other place, I think. And the heat at this place was an extreme thing, especially, I mean, I come from Kittery. You know, it's humid, it's it's cool. I mean, over there, it was just as dry and hot, hot as you could get. It was craziness. And um, and it was dangerous to the equipment. And, and frankly, that, that was very stressful because, again, like we said, we were the communication support. So 
we had a lot of things that had real serious issues and it's kind of scary. And wartime was uh, uh, obviously on top of your job every day and having that stress, you have this wartime situation, which thankfully Riyadh was uh, not on the front line, but we were a Scud missile away, right? So we had a Patriot field and we had constant, we always call them the rat patrol guys. I don't know if you guys remember those shows, showing my age still. But this guy's on a Jeep, you know, with machine guns on him and they patrol constant around uh, where we lived and where we worked and stuff. So venturing out on our own, we weren't protected. So that that was the why I always say that work kept us out of trouble most of the time because, you know, idle hands, right? We end up going out to a soccer game. I have no idea <laughs> still why I did that. That is an amazing story. You mentioned that you were in Saudi Arabia where Saudi women have just now got the right to drive and it was very different when you were there. So I'm wondering if you could share with us uh, your reflections on the position of women there and then as you uh, saw it and look back on it now and what it was maybe also could you tell us a little bit about what it was like to be a woman in the U.S. Army, this man's army as they say while you were deployed in that country and culture. Yeah, it's a, it was it was tough. I mean, like I said, we didn't even, you know, where do you get your haircut? You go to the guy's barber, right? Because there's so few women that were stationed there. Um, and it was a NATO type thing. So there were allies there too. So we had, I think, French, British, uh, and Canadian troops also around. And, and it was mixed. It was Army and Air Force and all kinds of people, Coast Guard, I think. Um, so we had a small contingency of women stationed there. And so we had a little group. It was really kind of cool. But we didn't do anything with it because everybody says, you know, if you get in trouble, call back. Well, how do you even call? I mean, there's no there's no way to do anything. We did have a little get out of jail free card that if you got in trouble, it was written in Arabic for you so you could give it to somebody to hopefully they'd make a call for you back then and not being able to drive was good and bad I mean they they drive crazy there you know I mean everything is is everything is all is will it really really truly is all is will and and if uh you're supposed to die that day you will and, and driving is the same way and they drive on the side they drive up the side of the road they're all over the place so I, I'm kind of okay with the fact that I didn't drive there <laughs> but <laughs> it was kind of a scary situation it's a huge city Riyadh is just like any other city it's huge but not like any other city in that it's Riyadh um, it, it was a tough it was a tough place to be I'm glad I went because um, it was an incredible experience and I'd love to go back someday to to Would see you? the place well uh, you know it would have to be different. So it'll be a different lifetime for me, I guess, because it's just not really, uh, there's so much interesting stuff there. I mean, it really is beautiful. There's just great things to do. And there's so many neat things to look at, but you, we couldn't, right? We couldn't. I mean, there was, uh, it was a town called Hofuf where there's supposedly the caves where the Alibaba and the 40 thieves hung out and stuff. So there's a touristy thing there, but not for regular people, but Arab people go. It's touristy and they have some national parks and stuff, but we couldn't do all that. We're 
in wartime, you know. So it would be neat to go back, but they're still sort of dealing with war. They're often, it's not a nice place to visit, but it would be a cool place to visit. Am I making sense? (laughs) (laughs) So I also, a number of us have watched that movie about the Saudi Arabia driving school. It really has changed a lot since you were there. Women finally, I mean, I think that's hard for most of us to even begin to understand. You worked in military communications, of course, and as you've explained how hard it was to get in touch with family and friends, only having those four lines out. And now here we are in the midst of COVID-19. We're in a kind of eerily similar situation for entirely different reasons. Communications are strained and tough and difficult. So I wondered if you could share your thoughts about this time, this COVID-19 time that we're all living through now in terms of your experience in the military? Well, I think I think this is great, right? Even though it's difficult to tell stories on Zoom, we do yeah. have it. So it's something to do and we can see each other. Um, it's not a radio broadcast, right? I mean, we could be doing it as a radio broadcast, which would be even more weird, but I, I guess... But I mean, that's what people do. And uh, I mean, how often have you picked up the phone and just had a regular phone conversation lately? And people just don't do that. I did recently. It was great. But we couldn't even just pick up the phone and do that over there. It was it's uh, it's really quite amazing. The instant gratification world we live in. Right. That now you should be able to watch what you want on TV. It's on demand. It's uh streaming you've got all these people have so many ways to communicate and so many communication things and still it's not enough to do something well you know you could just be stuck in a desert and not have any of it so (laughs) i'm okay (laughs) okay. Uh, as we begin to draw our uh, conversation to a close perhaps a little bit more about storytelling uh You've been to a bunch of workshops and told a bunch of stories on PPM TV, as you mentioned a little bit ago. Um, what led you into storytelling in the first place? Um, well, uh, you know, I've had these strange experiences, so I've shared my stories, but usually at a pub where there is beer, you know, <laughs> quite, that's usually a good catalyst or a fire or something, a small group. But I remember having a storytelling dinner time with some friends and John Dover, he's told on your show before, and he thought I should go and at least go to the workshop and see what everybody's doing. And that's how I I got prodded into it. And I'm glad. I am glad. And we're glad too. My last question for you is this question that I ask of each of our storytellers as they come along. And that is... um, for newbies, which you once upon a time were, or people who are just thinking about maybe dipping their toe into this realm of storytelling, any tips or thoughts or ideas or suggestions you would offer? Uh, I, I would try it. Just try it. Even if you just come to a workshop sometime, especially now where it's Zoom, I mean, it's, it's not that it's easier, but it sure is easier than getting in your car on a snowy cold January night or February, whatever, you can tune in and you don't have to share. You can go and see what it's like 
and that's good. For me, I do write them down because there is a 10-minute limit, and usually you should shoot for like an eight-minute story so that you can ad-lib and breathe. But um, again, and once you do that, you go to a workshop, and they'll change it on you anyways, and I don't have a good memory, so I write down what they what you guys all tell me I should change. So, Well, thank you very, very much. So friends, this, yes, a round of virtual applause. So friends, this brings us to the end of our conversation with Tina. Again, Tina, thank you so much for volunteering as our first featured solo storyteller. And this also brings us to the end of our program. Our thanks to our True Tales Live team, whose names you will see on the credit scroll, and a round of virtual applause for them, and again for Tina. You can keep up to date with True Tales Live through our website, our Facebook page, and our e-newsletter, True Tales Times, which you can sign up for on our website. Our next show is Tuesday, March 30th, on the theme of activism. And a word about that, activism or social justice is and always has been at least informally part of our mission. And it's almost always one of our most highly attended shows. And this will be our first Zoom activism show since we've begun Zooming our show. So please be sure to tune in. Our next workshop will be a week from today on March 2nd from 7 to 8.30. If you are considering telling a story, we encourage you to attend a workshop the Zoom sign-up is on our website, and as Tina said a minute ago, you can participate in the workshop. You're not pre-obligated to tell a story on Zoom, though we encourage it. Edited by John Lovering, and tonight's show will be posted on PPM TV's Zoom, YouTube Zoom website relatively soon and eventually broadcast on PPM TV. Please tell your friends to look for it and tune in. That is it for tonight's show. My name is David Frainer. Thanks to Tina and our crew. And thank you for zooming in and good night.